0: Shout out. What's your ones look like? No, I'm just playing. Hope you're staying well, staying safe, and staying blessed.
1: Rhino out. Losing the ball. Smith has it. Hudson bounced past the Craig Smith. Puts it down. Who's afraid of that big bad wolf?
2: Meta World Peace Pot. What's going down? It's the
1: big baller, baby. Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to the halftime community from the Big Baller himself. That's right. You guys keep it right and take. Keep doing your thing, because Big Baller brand is in the building, and you know how we gets down. But anyways, y'all do your thing, and we're going to
2: do our thing, because Big Ballers got to stick together. Again, shout-out to the
1: halftime community. That's right. Big Ballers out, baby, and I'll holla Welcome in, everybody, to Episode 2 of the Halftime Community Podcast. I hope everybody's having a good holiday season, wrapping up Christmas, heading into the new year here. But we've got real NBA basketball. We have actual NBA regular season games being played. I know that two-month layoff was a lot for a lot of people, but here we are. We're back at it like a crack addict. Let's start off with some of those teams that are doing a little bit better than we thought. We've got the Atlanta Hawks coming in at 3-0. For a team that only won 12 games last year, I know it's early, and people are going to say, well, I mean, it's still the Hawks. They're not that talented. They haven't been in the playoffs with this current group. That is all true, but they only won 12 games the entire season last year. So for them to start off 3-0, it is something to be excited about if you're a Hawks fan or you're just a fan of the game in general. Um, They're a young, exciting team. They've got Trey Young leading them there, averaging 34 points a game this young season. I would expect that to continue. We know what Trey Young is. He's going to put up a lot of shots. He's going to put up a lot of shots that make you kind of pull your hair out sometimes, but he's going to make some of those shots too, and that's what makes him Trey Young. That's what makes him fun to watch. And around him, they brought in Bogdanovich from the Kings. That was a big pickup in the offseason after the Bucks kind of fumbled the bag with him. And then they also brought in Danilo Gallinari from the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's kind of bounced around a little bit. In the NBA, but everywhere he's been, he's been a productive scorer. He's kind of honed his game, and he's just become a you know consistent 15 to 20 point per game scorer in his late career. We know what he is. We know he's going to bring value on the offensive end. So if you're a Hawks fan, I would say, you know, don't worry about the haters. They're going to be out there. You're not going to get a lot of national TV run until you keep it up, but they are off to a great start. And then you've got the Sacramento Kings. Another team people didn't expect a lot from. They are 2 and 1 on the season. They did lose their first game after starting 2 and 0. Oh. So a little bit of a letdown there, but a lot of things to be excited about, too. You've got Marvin Bagley. He's playing solid minutes, playing well. So if you're a Kings fan, things are looking on the up and up. Maybe you can uh, work Tyrese Halliburton in there just a little bit more. As the season moves along, he can bring you some more value off the bench. But you've got De'Aaron Fox. You've got Bagley. You've got a solid group of guys there. Buddy Heald is still there, even though I know in the offseason, a lot of talk was about where Buddy's going to go. He wanted out of Sacramento. Maybe if they keep winning, that's enough to just keep them in tow, and we'll see where they end up. Then you've got the Cleveland Cavaliers coming in at 3-0 and as well. This one, I think, for me, is the most surprising. With the Hawks, you know, they did only win 12 games last year, but they were kind of hyped up even at the beginning of last year. They had a lot of injuries, a lot of moving pieces moving around last season, so it was kind of a year from hell for them, but... This year coming into the season, we knew they had the potential to win more games. They had a solid roster. With the Cavaliers, not so much. Everybody saw the roster. You saw the young developmental pieces they had, but we weren't expecting a lot in the win column. But this year they have overachieved already. They've got Andre Drummond, they've got Colin Sexton, they've got Darius Garland. Darius Garland, this guy, he came in as a rookie. People are comparing him to Kyrie during the draft. Came in as a rookie. He didn't have a lot of bright moments. You know, a lot of advanced analytics had him as the worst basketball player in the NBA. But if you actually looked at the stats, you knew that wasn't true. He was a rookie, and his shooting splits during his rookie season weren't that terrible, especially compared to a lot of rookies that come into the league. You know, he averaged 12 points a game, wasn't the greatest shooting percentages in the world, but you knew he wasn't the worst player in the NBA. So the backcourt of Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, you've got role players like Andre Drummond, Larry Nance. you got guys that have been around the league a little bit. And then you've got Okora, an exciting young rookie. kind of does it all. He's not going to shine on the offensive end probably this year a lot, but you're going to see a lot of the little things he does, kind of that glue guy. Maybe he can work up in the NBA and kind of fill that Andre Iguodala role from the Cavaliers as they look to move forward. Then we've got the Indiana Pacers. They just keep chugging along, 3-0. and They just, you know, they're not flashy, never going to be flashy, never going to sign a lot of big name free agents, anything like that. They did make a run at Gordon Hayward in the offseason, tried to bring him back to Indiana, back to his roots, kind of recapture some of that magic there. He ended up signing in Charlotte, as we all know, so it didn't quite work out, but they did bring victor oladipo back it wasn't a free agent signing but after the season he had just being injured and then he came back he wasn't 100 percent. you can kind of think of it as a free agent signing in a way he comes back you know he's looked pretty strong he's not perfect he's not ever going to be i think what he was when he first signed in indiana but he can be a solid all-star fringe type player for them along with sabonis probably the most underrated player in their league right now demontis sabonis He came out of Gonzaga. People were expecting, you know, he could be a fringe all-star at some point. Nothing really too flashy about his game. He kind of goes about it, you know, in a non-flashy Indiana Pacers type way. But at the end of the night, you look at his stat line, and he's got a triple-double, or he's got 20 and 10. He's just consistent every night. Can hit from the mid-range, can hit in the low post, can even stretch it to the three-point line if he has to, and he's a tenacious rebounder. So if you're a Pacers fan, there's a lot to look forward to. You've got Miles Turner in there as well. T.J. Warren coming off the bench or starting. He can provide scoring no matter where he's at. Malcolm Brogdon, you've just got all the pieces, the usual suspects there. They're going to beat those bad teams. They're not going to roll over, um, and then they're always going to compete, and they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. So props to Indiana, props to the Pacers fans. Again, with this team, they're not going to get a lot of national attention. They're not going to get a lot of national run. It is what it is, but they are a solid team. And I expect them to be in the playoffs and to be a tough out in the playoffs. And then last, I've got the Orlando Magic here on my list. 3-0. and Orlando Magic fans, same idea here. You're not going to get a lot of pub. Uh, last couple years, they've been an 8 seed, snuck into the playoffs under 500. But if you're in the playoffs, you're in the playoffs. And I think both the past two seasons... They went into that 1-8 matchup, and they actually stole the first game in the playoffs. Uh, DJ Augustine's not there anymore, but when I think of the past couple seasons of the Magic, I think of DJ Augustine in the playoffs kind of stepping up. And now they've got Markel Fultz in tow. This is a huge pickup. This is an underrated move by the Magic. Um, They basically gave the Philadelphia 76ers Jonathan Simmons and a first-round pick for Markel Fultz and markel fultz you know he had his problems in philadelphia and never really got on the court and even when he was he had that hitch in his shooting motion uh, some people say it was all mental i'm not really sure if we'll ever really know what happened with markel fultz in philadelphia maybe he just felt intimidated by the other young pieces they had around there he couldn't quite find his footing and it just got to him mentally but for whatever reason he never really got on the court for the 76ers gets traded to orlando not expecting a lot out of him just kind of playing out you know taking a risk we're going to take a stab at this guy who's a number one overall pick Worst comes to worst, we'll just let this contract run out maybe sign him on a low low deal send him to the g league whatever happens happens but then he gets to orlando he whatever mental block he had Seems to be gone. He's never going to be, you know, a knockdown three-point shooter, but he can at least shoot a solid mid-range jumper. He can have that in-between game, and he's great in transition. So the Orlando Magic fans, you got to be over the moon. You just signed him to a $50 million extension with this guy. You basically got a number one overall pick for, you know, future first in Jonathan Simmons. So that is a great trade for Orlando. They've got the pieces there. Unfortunately, Jonathan Isaac again is injured. I don't know if we'll ever see this guy live up to his potential just because he's always injured. It just seems like no matter what happens, that guy's going to be snake bitten by injuries. But they do have a solid core down there. They've got a lot of young pieces. And I would expect nothing less for them to compete and find their way into the play in games. So, next up, I want to hit on some of those juicy stories from the big market teams. First up, naturally, we have the Los Angeles Clippers who got 50-burgered by the Mavericks the other night. Embarrassing. I mean, it's embarrassing anytime you're a professional team and you go out there and get beat by 50 points. But I like to keep things in perspective. If you're a Clippers fan, if you're a Paul George fan, I know there's not many of you out there. A lot of people are down on Paul George right now. If you're a Kawhi fan, I, f- I fancy myself a little bit of a Kawhi Leonard stand. I see a lot of people saying... You know, he's overrated, he's not a leader, this this, and that. The fact is, when Kawhi Leonard went to Toronto, he was basically a championship mercenary. He came up there for one season, they knew what the deal was, they knew they had a chance to re-sign him if they won a championship, but they had Kawhi Leonard for a year, he came up there, he got the job done, helped that team get over the hump finally, swapped out DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard, and boom, you had a championship right there. Yeah, they had some breaks along the way. They had Durant get injured, but it is what it is. You can't trade out that championship for anything. And I think he has the same capabilities. His game has changed a little bit. He's not going to be the defensive monster every single possession like he was in San Antonio when he was young or that first year in Toronto. Um, He's had some injuries. He's had some nagging injuries kind of bother him the past two years. People get on him about load management. But I think that needs to be put into perspective. You know, if you're a Clippers fan, you know you're going to be in the playoffs. This team is too good to miss the playoffs completely, as long as Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are healthy most of the season. They are going to be in the playoffs, and it's all about what are you going to do when you're in the playoffs. People are coming back talking about exactly, this is why the Clippers blew the 3-1 to lead in the playoffs. Yeah, that might be true, but I think Kawhi Leonard is the type of player to get them over the hump and at least you know, set up a date with destiny, set up that conference finals with the Lakers that we've all kind of been waiting for. When they get to that conference finals with the Lakers, all bets are off. I could see it going either way if it gets to that, but Clippers fans, it's not time to jump ship yet. You're one of the top five contenders in the NBA. You've got Kawhi Leonard. You've got Paul George. Maybe they make a move or two along the way to pick up another ball handler. We will see, but regardless, it is all about the playoffs if you're a Clippers fan. Next up, we got the Brooklyn Nets coming in at 2-2. Not the most impressive record coming out of the gate, but their performance on the court with their two main stars that they picked up in the past couple off-seasons. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have been off the charts. KD looks like prime KD. He's lost a little mobility. He's not going to be quite as explosive as he was when he was 23-24 playing in Oklahoma City, of course. But he still has that smooth offensive game. He's going to go down as one of the smoothest offensive players to ever play the game when it's all said and done, and he's showing out right now. And then you've got Kyrie Irving, Uncle Drew. Everybody knows the handles. Everybody knows he can score from mid-range. He can shoot it. He can get hot at any point. And it seems like he put the rest of the NBA on notice, showed them why he can be an MVP candidate. He can get back to the promised land just based off the strength of these two superstars i see the brooklyn nets going a long way as long as KD and kyrie can stay healthy throughout the season and they're healthy in the playoffs i see them making a deep run probably even make it to the finals last thing i want to hit on quickly is the james harden situation so i can't defend a lot of what he did in the off season had a little bit of a rocky off season he demanded a trade showed up to camp late out of shape reportedly wasn't talking to his other players on the team or the coaches on the team wasn't communicating with them but on the court he's a baller we know what he is he's a generational offensive talent comes out the first game versus the trailblazers hits clutch shots scores 44 points in 40 minutes 17 assists on top of that next game out versus the nuggets only plays 31 minutes but he scores 34 points on only 16 shots So anytime this guy steps on the court offensively, whether you like his game or not, he's going to put up points. He's going to distribute the ball. He's a generational offensive talent. And this brings me to the subject of superstars moving around, player empowerment, player movement in general. I see a lot of fans getting upset when superstars try to force their way out of a situation or try to team up together. It's kind of seen as weak and you know they're just taking the easy way out. But guys, this has been happening for years way before lebron james ever went to miami there's superstars that team up together superstars that move around for better situations i don't understand why fans are so quick to side with ownership and management and just assume that nothing's going on behind the scenes at all that would make a player want to feel this way or make a player in the late years of his prime want to team up with one of his friends and actually go and chase a championship when he feels like the roster around him he's done everything he can but the roster around him is not getting the job done. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't understand why fans are so quick to jump on the side of ownership and be like, this player, this one player holds all the cards for the organization. If the owners really want to, they could make a stand, but they haven't because they want to get the most for that player as they can. And that's respectable. I understand both sides, but it is what it is at this point. Complaining about it, ranting about it is just wasted breath. We know what the NBA is. These superstars want to team up together. It's going to make it harder for small market teams, but that's just the way it is, and it makes those victories so much sweeter. Harden trying to get
2: free. Down to three, down to two. It's a three. Good! Good! He got it! James Harden, a flamethrower!
1: Incredible shot!
2: Hey, what's going on, y'all? It's Reggie Lewis, 35 and this is the Halftime Speech. Shout out to my main man, Neat86, who gave this segment its name. I appreciate you, brother. I really do. I come to you today to talk about a guy who is known in the NBA circles. He is not an NBA Hall of Famer. Hell, I'm hard-pressed to say he was an all-star. He's not a guy who had his jersey worn around town I am not even comfortable saying that if he went outside of his uh, respective playing home today again in basketball circles that people would recognize him he played just about every game every year but he only averaged 12 points a game that's it just 12 He could spell the one and the two. He wasn't a great defender. He was gonna pour in his points, sit down. But he was a huge, huge, huge part of the team. And once again, he is well known to those who were alive during the era in which he played. As a matter of fact, there is a current president of a basketball team who played in the NBA during that time, who gave him the nickname we all know him as. Brothers and sisters, if you're out there, this man has his number retired by his organization. Now remember, he wasn't a starter. He only averaged 12 points a game. Wasn't a great defender. I can't say he was an all-star, but he was that important to that organization. I'm talking about the Detroit Pistons, number 15, the microwave, Vinnie Johnson. I brought his name up because in recent days, I've seen posts talking about stars and who's a star and who isn't and who's won championships and who hasn't and brothers and sisters. I'm here to tell you that every guy who puts on his Jersey that doesn't necessarily start is just as important as the Giannis's and LeBron's and KD's and all the rest of those guys. And some of them are even more important because they do the dirty work and score the points that the starters can't score. Vinny was that guy. And Danny Ainge is the man who gave him the nickname The Microwave because it didn't take him long to heat up. When you have Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars on your team as your starters, and then you can have a guy who can come in and give you 12, 15 off the bench in less than 20 minutes, believe me, he is as valuable as any and everybody else on that team. So let's remember that the next time we sit up there talking about who's a star, who isn't, who's important, who's not. You know, there was a brother who said that Draymond Green wasn't any good because all he did was play defense and add some intensity. Sometimes that's enough. And to a man, specifically to any Pistons fans who were around when they won those back to back championships, and went to three NBA Finals in a row, you would be hard pressed to convince any of them that Vinnie Johnson was just another cat on the team. He didn't win an MVP. He didn't win a scoring title. Wasn't all NBA anything. Hell, he didn't even win sixth man of the year. But just like Isaiah, just like Joe, just like Bill Beer, just like Dennis Rodman, just like Dave Bing, and the other respective Pistons throughout the years who I cannot name at this time, Benny Johnson's number is in the rafters because of what he meant to the Detroit Pistons. Now, we just getting started this year, so I'm going to end it right here. But I want you to remember the name Vinny Johnson. Look him up. And the next time your team is talking about getting a guy who can average 10 or 12 points off the bench, don't laugh. Because it might be the difference between your team getting those championship rings you so badly want them to get. I'll holler, y'all. Peace. One point game again with a minute
0: 15 in the third. Pick for safe Steve Jones. Skip carry with you from the
2: Palace at Auburn Hills. Vinny Johnson. That's I think Rodman's first offensive rebound of the evening he had eight in
1: game four and made it such a big difference. Vinny.
0: He is capable of heating up just like Jordan shows signs of doing.
1: Martinique, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey, how you doing? My name is Martinique. Uh, like you said, me 86 on the app.
0: Um, just, you know, like I think my bio says, just Bay Area born, uh, husband, and father, uh, Laker fan, Kobe fan, you
1: know, pretty much it. Perfect. I'm glad we have a Lakers fan on. Lakers are always in the news. No matter where you go in the NBA, no matter what team you're talking about, it comes back to the Lakers at some point. So the Lakers are off to a two and two start. Um not exactly perfect, but we kind of expected that. Um LeBron resting a little bit early, A D probably resting a little bit early. Do you still see the Lakers as the front runners when it comes to the championship and coming out of the West?
0: Um uh, yes and no. Like I I think they have probably the best the most talented team, but I'm I personally I'm not in love with the team, I'm not in love with the build of the roster, so I'm I'm skeptical um but looking at other teams, I'm not really seeing anybody that beats them if they're doing what they're supposed to do, but I do see some holes.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And that brings me to another question. When you look at this Lakers team who's been playing now, um are there any moves you'd like to see them make particularly, maybe a ball handler, or another big, is there some kind of hole you're looking at?
0: Yeah, so there's there's two big holes that jump out for me. Um the rim protecting big uh is in, important. I don't know if it's like you know, championship changing important, but it is important. Um and I feel like that would be something that they could look to, but um, I'm not putting it high because I'm not exactly sure how that affects the other two days that they have. I think both of those guys should play. I think both of those guys affect the team positively um, in Gasol and Harrell. So for me, the biggest thing, the biggest hole is a uh, playmaking slash scoring guard in the starting lineup, uh, a bigger one, a bigger wing. Um I feel like, I feel like shooter will be best used off the bench. I think he's a great starter. I think he would be a good you know, he's a good player, he's a good starter in general, but when you have LeBron in that roster and you're taking the ball out of shooter's hands, you're just, you're not letting him use his strength. Um, I understand that the concept is to give LeBron a break every now and then, but I don't think that's that's something that he needs at this point. Give him another guy, give him another player who can get out there and get buckets for you so he doesn't have to. He can set the Set the table for everybody else and Schroeder and Harrell as a combo off the bench would be devastating.
1: yeah I I totally see what you're saying there Uh, you mentioned Mark Gasol there's been a little bit of talk you know about Gasol coming out not looking so good he's only playing five ten minutes a game some games so what do you think about Mark Gasol were you expecting a little bit more for him from him or was this expected with him being kind of late in his career
0: yeah no this was expected I don't I don't see why anybody would expect anything different. He's much older. I want to say 35, 36. Um, he's never been the fastest. Uh, where he brings his value is just intelligence. Great passing, great positioning on defense. He's not super athletic. Um, it's, it's just a different makeup of the team. I think people need to understand that it's not last year's team. It's just a different makeup. You know, he'll adjust to whatever he needs to adjust to. But also, I never even expected him to play more than 20 or so minutes a game. I don't think that's what they need from him. I think they, they have their dog in Carroll. They have A.B. Um, maybe if they get a you know rim protector, that would be even better. But he, to me, he's fine as a starter. Start the games off, make some good passes, be smart defensively, and then, you know, let the other guys carry the load.
1: Yeah, total sense there. They even mentioned a little bit and maybe bring in – Pau Gasol made himself available pretty much with saying, hey, I'm out here if the Lakers want to sign me, which I would be doing if I was Pau Gasol too, you know, get my check and then maybe get another ring along the way. So what do you think about maybe bringing in a guy like Pau Gasol?
0: Um, I would love it. I mean, I've been a Laker fan for a long time, so I would love it um, from a nostalgic standpoint. If we're talking about production, I mean, he's 40, right? He's, He's 40. He's coming off of multiple injuries where he didn't even play last year. So it's I don't think it actually helps the team. If I'm Rob Palenka, though, I'd sign him anyway, just for the reasons I said. Like I I love Kyle Gasol. I want him back. I don't care if he plays. I mean, Jared Dudley doesn't play. However, if we're looking for me, he's not it. Um, for me, I'd have him on the team, and I'd have him all year. Not just one of those, sign him for a day. I'd have him all year um, and keep him on the bench and maybe play a few minutes as need be, but that's not realistically what they need. He's, he's too old. He's I'd love to say he can contribute, but I'm not sure
1: he can. Yeah, I, if they were to sign him, I think you're right. Uh, it's probably kind of like the Udonis Haslam role in Miami. Yeah. Udonis Haslam keeps getting those checks, those two and a million one one-year contracts every year. And he doesn't play. He's basically a coach on the bench for $2.5 million. He comes in, you know, in garbage time every now and then. But he doesn't really play. He's more of a coach culture type player.
0: Right, uh, and better He's earned that for me. You know, yeah. I feel like he deserves that
1: spot. Yeah, exactly. So I could see Paul Gasol maybe coming back in that. We'll see. Um, and then that brings me to Kyle Kuzma. He got the extension right at the end of the offseason there, the three-year deal. Uh, last year, that being a player option. So basically a two-year deal. And then if he wants to opt in for that third year, he will. A yeah. lot of talk about Kyle Kuzma from Lakers fans all the time the past couple years. It's weird to me, um, just being from the outside, you know, you see a lot of the Lakers talk. He, he was so, over, he became, he came in underrated and then people started talking about him so much and expecting so much from him that he became overrated. And now he's being talked about so much overrated that he's almost underrated again. So where do you right. kind of see Kyle Kuzma at as a Lakers fan?
0: Oh, uh, exactly. Where you, what you pointed out. I feel like, uh, He's 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 where he's supposed to be. He's an older guy. I think he played four years in college, so he's he's older than some of the guys that came in when he came in, but he's young, he's figuring it out, he's learning how to play a complete game. And I think because he gave flag like not only did he come in and play well when he when he was drafted, but he came in and played well for a horrible team that was thirsty for a winner. Um, you know, with a fan base that's just not always logical. So now that expectation's super high, like we need somebody to carry us, and he's one of those guys. And now he's not carrying the carrying us the way people think. That just it doesn't make sense. It, he's fine where he is. He whatever role people want him to play, he's figuring it out. He can score. He can. He's learning how to be a playmaker. He's trying to get better on defense. There's no real reason for him to you know try to even meet these expectations they're 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 not even lost I think he's fine
1: yeah I think you're completely right he's kind of exactly where he needs to be coming off the bench he's going to have some games some shots that make you pull your hair out as a Lakers fan Um, that's just kind of is what he is but then he's going to have games where he puts up an easy 20 and you're like oh we should start Kuzma all of a sudden but that's that's Lakers fandom There's bandwagon fans all over, and they hate Kyle Kuzma, then they love Kyle Kuzma. That's just – that is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm
0: probably the worst Laker fan from the standpoint of just I'm the worst fan generally because I'm logical. Like, I I try to keep, keep logical. And so, for me, like, when you see a game where he drops 20 and then he doesn't even shoot in the second half because he's trying to expand other aspects of his game, I'm like, oh, great. Everyone loves it. The team loves it. You know, the players love it. That's great. I don't see why fans need to be upset that he's not dropping 40 every night.
1: Yeah. And that brings me to another role player for the Lakers that got a lot of run in the off season, a lot of run in the preseason, Talon Horton Tucker, THT. Um, I'm an Iowa state fan. So I already knew about him a little bit. He played one year at Iowa state and then came out in the draft, um, had a really solid season. He kind of could do a little bit of everything he could run the point if you really needed him to. Could grab a rebound and run it off the court. But he's not really a point guard, not a primary ball handler. But he can score. He can score from all levels. What's a realistic expectation for you for THT this year, or maybe are, is he a year away from really making a really big contribution?
0: Ah, I, I don't know. This is where my bias comes in. So for me, I'm a huge fan of larger guards. So six four to six eight anywhere in that range, somebody who can use their body and get the bucket um, versus smaller guards, you know, six, three and smaller, who it takes a lot more energy. So for me, I'm hoping he cracks the starting lineup and becomes that third option um, that, you know, I was just talking about earlier. However, realistically, I don't know. I mean, I think his feeling realistically this season might be just bumping Wesley Matthews out of the rotation and, and taking his minutes um, and still developing into where next year... He's that starting off guard and you know taking you know taking those I guess what's the word taking the pressure off LeBron because for me with LeBron being 35 um, and AD being you know hit or miss with his aggressiveness sometimes that's what's necessary having an aggressive guard with size that can take that pressure off and Schroeder is aggressive I think for over 20 of the other last night but he's you know it takes so much for him to. Any smaller guard to get those numbers that it you know it takes everybody else out of the rhythm at a certain point. So um, for me, her THC is he's everything I'm I'm dreaming for, but I'm also like I said, it's going realistic. So hopefully, um, he gets what I, where I want him to be, but he probably will be at max a 20 minute rotational player, bumping Wesley Matthews out or or Caruso out of the rotation.
1: Yeah, we will certainly see. uh, Lakers, we know, it's all about the postseason. LeBron knows this. AD knows this. They're going to be in the playoffs. It's about getting healthy for the postseason. Maybe having a guy like THT kind of step up as we go throughout the season. And then by the time you're in the playoffs, he's filling a lot of those minutes that maybe Danny Green had last year. He can kind of fill that spot, that off-guard spot for them. So we will certainly see there. Any any other role players you've been surprised by in the Lakers, or kind of, I know Montrez Har- Harrell got a lot of run in the off season. People were talking about him. What do you see out of Montrez Harrell?
0: Um, honestly, I see what I expected, which um wasn't wasn't what I wanted. I mean, again, this is me taking my own advice, understanding this is a different team than last year. Um, and him being so small for his position. I mean, after the shock of the trade or the signing wore off, and I was excited, like, wow, they got six minutes a year. Then I realized he's six or seven. He's playing center. We have no rim protection. Um, And so, especially with him not, with the way they stagger their minutes where he's on the floor without shooter a lot, I mean, he he just doesn't have his setup man like he had last year with Lou Will. And he's he's not as effective as he could be, in my opinion. Um, And so, I, I've, I've seen. I'm seeing what I expect. I expected him to be the energy guy, be undersized, and come in and produce some good things and produce some not so good things. Um, I'm hoping that at some point in the season's what three, four games old for the Lakers, they'll make some rotation, or rotation changes, and hopefully they figure out a good rhythm for him. Um, but overall, I mean, I'm just not a Harrow fan in general. I like him, don't get me wrong, but you know, I'm not seeing what I wanted to see, which was Somebody who, even if he is a scorer, who can command the paint and protect it the way it needed to be protected. Right now, you know, when he's out there on the bench, they're really, really small, so they really have to work.
1: Yeah, it's kind of an interesting move. You had Dwight Howard last year and JaVale McGee. Um, People let, you know, people have their thoughts on both those guys, but they did help the Lakers on the court, at least. We can say that. And seeing them go, it kind of left a hole in the backcourt there. So we'll see if Harold can step up. And I got to ask you as a Lakers fan, are you a number eight Kobe guy? Or are you number 24 Kobe guy? I personally, I like fro Kobe. I liked him throwing it down with Shaq in the fro and early 2000s Kobe. But are you a eight or a 24 guy?
0: Uh, if I have to choose, I mean, because I, I love them both. Right? I fell in love with eight a- Kobe. But I really really felt like I connected with 24 Like, I just loved everything that 24 brought to the table in terms of just his intensity, the leadership, he had matured, Um, and it was, I again, 24 for me. Like, I I learned, I, I fell in love with eight. I just loved watching him play, but I felt like I learned more as a fan, as a younger person watching him from 24. Like, he just, everything about him was just a lot more, Centered as a person, He's older and more mature and more centered as a person. To where, you know, and then the, most of my memories of him that I enjoy out, outside of basketball I was in 24. Like the, I'm pretty sure the the ball fake with Matt Barnes I was 24. Um, a lot of times just him so focused that people screaming in his face, he doesn't even blink. Like all of those things that I think builds his legend and makes him incredibly, you know, legendary. Like it was even a video where he's walking in the hunt in the hall and a mask got jumped out. He didn't even flinch like those types of things. Normal people don't do <laughs> that makes 24 Kobe, you know, just cool to me. Like that's the stuff that I would like when I, when I was younger, like this is how I want to be when I grow up. Never mind basketball, just that focus, that fearless, that intense when I'm doing something that I need to be doing.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it's fair to say now um, just from an outside fan, when I think of the Lakers, obviously, I don't I'm not old enough to really remember Jerry West or Elgin Baylor or people like that and actually watch them play or even really Magic Johnson. I got to see him towards the tail end, but nothing nothing like prime magic. When I think yeah. of the Lakers, this younger generation thinks of the Lakers, we definitely think of 24 Mamba Kobe. So I think that's definitely a good take. And that brings me to uh, stock up and stock down as we're moving around the league. Who are some players, maybe one player, one team, one coach that you have stock up on right now you're kind of buying stock for? Uh, stock up. Um,
0: you know, I was going to say Tyler Hero um, at the beginning of the season. I thought he would have an opportunity to be that player. I think despite the fact that this is what he wanted, I think his position right now where he is starting up on guard, that doesn't really give him the room to do it. So I'm I don't know. Like, I was so focused on him that I, I really don't know. Anyone um, anyone else, I, I just I have to keep watching. I haven't really seen anybody. And obviously, the stock up in terms of teams is, is the net in the, in the sense that Katie's back in healthy. I mean, that's just obvious. I didn't want to pick an obvious one, but it is. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I feel like they're a little overrated. I'm not as high on them. But in terms of them just being better from last year, easy. Easy. They'll be better. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know about an actual individual player. Hopefully, again, hopefully he sees that guy.
1: Yeah, I think we're definitely rooting. I know as a casual fan of just all teams, I'm kind of rooting for a Lakers Nets finals right now. I think that'd be great to see Kyrie and KD versus LeBron and AD and just how they match up and kind of go back and forth, trade punches with each other. I think it'd be a great series. Are there any teams or players you're kind of down on a little bit? Maybe you expected more coming into the season.
0: Um, I didn't expect more, but I am down on uh, the Warriors from the standpoint of what I guess their expectation was. So you, you take into account Clay was out, or he he hurt himself or whatever. But even before that, even before he got hurt, I was like those three guys, in my opinion, as great as they are. I don't think people gave enough credit to the players around them, even before KD, the players around them. And I don't think they have those players to make what they do well be as impactful as it was. So to me, their window is closed until they get those type of role players, the like Leandro Barbosa, Marcus Fate, or Mo Space, or uh, Iguodala, I mean, Livingston, all these guys that really help contribute to their game. I mean, on their own, they're just they're just shooters. You know, they're they're shooters and they're great shooters, but they don't have those impactful guys around them to help them. So for me, the Warriors aren't going to be good, in my opinion. I'll be shocked if they are.
1: Yeah, Steph and Clay and Draymond, they're not getting any younger. Unfortunately for Warriors fans, I think they might have a shot next year if Clay comes back healthy. Might have one last run at it, but this year it's not looking too good without Clay on the court for sure. In the last segment I got here, you got to give me a hot take. What's something you're burning on with the NBA this season?
0: Man, I, I was bouncing around with a few of them. I I think I think for me as a Laker fan, and for you know for everyone who Laker fans are expecting me to say something positive, I think the <laughs> the hottest take that I can come up with is LeBron's an overrated passer. Like, I just I don't, I don't think he's He's as great as everybody says. I mean, everywhere I look, 2K, even on 2K, the the little pre-recorded commentary is he's the greatest passer that's ever seen. And I'm like, you guys haven't seen Bob Kuzi, Jason Kidd, Jason Williams, even (laughs) White Chocolate. Like, I mean, have you not seen Steve Nash play? Like these, these, he's not the greatest, he might be the most willing, six foot eight, six foot nine, scoring passer the league has ever seen. And I love the – I understand the idea of making him, you know, the best player ever in everything that he does. He's just not. He's not the best passer ever. I've, I've watched him. Like even Kobe passes better when he decided to pass. So it's, it's just – to me, that, that's my high take. He, they're, they're hyping LeBron up on a lot of levels, and I just don't think it's right <laughs> personally.
1: Now that is absolutely a scorching take from a Lakers fan. I can't even say I brought a Celtics fan on here to say it or something like that. You heard it from a Lakers fan. So that is the Fair hottest God. take we might have all season. And I like it. I thank you for very that. Proud of you. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> all right. Well, that brings me to the end. Anything you want to plug here? Uh, shout out anybody.
0: Uh, no, I mean, not really. I uh, will. I mean, not basketball related, but I, I did make a song for my kids. It's on YouTube. Uh, More than me by Mark Meek, But that's, that's about it. Just you know, I'm looking forward to finishing out the season with halftime as the app to walk me through it. This is the first year we'll have that, so excited about that. Excited to debate
1: with all the pets on, on uh the halftime app, and excited to hear more of uh, halftime community podcast. Perfect. Well, thanks for hopping on with me, Martinique, and we'll chat with you later. All right, man. Have a good one. You too. <laughs>
2: Hello. Oh boy,
1: LeBron's got eyes all around easier. It's just to the end of episode two on the Halftime Community Podcast. Thank you all again for checking it out. Should be on iOS, Android, anywhere you find your podcast, you should be able to find us now. I thank you all for checking it out. But before we go, we've gotta get into it. The GOAT debate. Who is the greatest of all time? We said we were gonna get into it last week. We didn't have time. I don't hear the outro music. Oh, there's the outro music. We gotta go. I heard it in the background. We gotta go, guys. Maybe week three, we'll get into it. Who is the greatest of all time? For now, though, I'll let you guys go. Thanks for checking it out. Peace.
2: She